0: So what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. If your roof starts to leak, or your floors really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit.
1: Coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: And thank you so much for tuning in to today's program. What are you working on? Take a look around your house. There's got to be a project that's on your to do list. Let us help. Pick up the phone, give us a call, 888 666 3974. I know that I am getting ready to ship my kid off to college. And once that happens, we could be left with extra room in the house. So what should you do? Quickly remodel before they come back. (laughs) <laughs> no, only kidding. We're going to have some tips though on empty nest makeover. So when the kids do finally move out, you got some room. What can you do with that space? That's going to make the most sense.
0: But you know what, guys? Maybe you're like me who've got some school age kids, and you know you really just need some help getting organized. Because for me, I've got a kindergartner this fall, and I, I have a feeling we're going to have homework. And maybe you've got homework coming back into your routine. You need to figure out what's the best way to make all of this work into your fall lifestyle. So We're going to have some tips on that as well.
1: Plus, is the age of your home a mystery? I mean, besides just knowing that it's old... There are actually a few tricks of the trade that I will share from my uh, lifetime, my prior lifetime as a professional home inspector, where we used to have to figure out the home age um, upon inspecting it because it actually was a clue to what was wrong with the house. And so I'm going to share some of those tips and help you date your house in just a bit.
0: And one caller who gets on the air with us this hour is going to be able to turn their garage into a workshop with one tool. We're giving away a garage power station from Chamberlain, and it's a three-in-one Tool that provides on-demand light, power, and compressed air.
1: It's worth one hundred twenty-nine dollars, going out to one caller drawn at random. So let's get to it. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit 3974
0: Stephanie in California is having a heating and cooling issue. Well, specifically a cooling issue in the bedroom. What's going on? Oh, we don't know. Right now, we live in a four-bedroom house. Every room
2: in the house, except for the master bedroom, gets cool in the summer. We have not done a winter yet. Uh, yet, This bedroom, the master bedroom, is at least five to seven degrees warmer than any part of the house.
1: Okay, well, there could be a number of reasons for that. First of all, what side of the house is it on?
2: Uh, it would be on the south side of the house.
1: The more sun, you know, the more cooling you need. So it's not unusual for a room on the south or the west side to need more cooling power. So let's talk about what you could do to try to improve this. First of all, I would check the airflow at the registers to make sure you're getting good airflow at all of the AC registers. In some cases, systems can be balanced so that they supply more air to one room and less air to another. Just as important as to check the return register, Stephanie, because not only do you have to push cold air into the room, you have to pull the air back so it can be re-cooled. If you don't have a return in the bedroom itself, it's going to be a central return like in the hallway, perhaps outside of the bedroom. If that's the case, you want to make sure that when you close the door of the bedroom that there's at least a one-inch gap under the door because that's how the air gets pulled back and again recirculated. Other things that you can do would be to increase insulation over this particular room. So if there's an attic access above, for example, you could double up the insulation over that, uh, and that would also help to keep it cooler. So I would speak with your HVAC professional initially to try to get the balance working a little bit better. And then if that doesn't work, think about adding some additional insulation. And if that doesn't work at all, the other thing you could do is you could add supplemental cooling to that. I have a room, for example, in my house where I have a split ductless system because it happens to be on the west side in my case, and it overheats. It's far away from the air conditioning system supply, and so I never quite get enough cooling air into this one room to make it comfortable. So we have a split ductless system in there that supplements it. So those are all good options to help even out the temperature of that room in the house. Stephanie, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit.
0: Richard in Kansas you've got the money but how can we help you today?
2: I'm interested I have an older home I remodeled it's built in the 30s and uh, I wanted to put in a whole house water filtration system and uh, I was going to connect right to the service line going in and I've been shopping around I found the small canister types and then it just jumps up to the big uh, like 33 gallon barrel Type filtration, which is too much, and I just want to know what uh, what a good brand is, and what I need reverse osmosis and all that.
1: You know, Richard, three M makes the filtrate line. That's F I L T R E T E. And they have single filters for like use under maybe your kitchen sink or bathroom, but they also have a whole house system. It's not terribly expensive. I think it's under a hundred bucks, and installation is pretty straightforward, so perhaps you could even do it yourself. And they also have various levels of filtration. So I would take a look at the filtrate whole house system water filters. And I think that's a good choice to make sure your water is tasting good throughout the entire home.
0: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. Well, the weather is starting to get cooler. It's going to be officially autumn very, very soon. And maybe you've got some things that you're working on around your Money Pit, like tightening up all those gaps and cracks to stay nice and cozy in the cooler weather. We're here to give you a hand at 1-888-MONEYPIT.
1: 888-666-3974. Hey, have you, like me, just shipped off the kids to college? Perhaps you're already wondering what you can do to hijack that extra space that used to be their bedrooms. <laughs> I mean, quickly, before they come back, we're going to have some ideas on how you can do some empty nest transformations after this. Hey, this is Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs, and I've just been told that Tom and Leslie might have a dirtier job than me. I find that hard to believe, but then I heard they work in a pit. It's a money pit, but
2: still filthy. Hey,
1: making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: Here to take your home improvement questions at 888 Pit, and also give away one tool that could transform your entire garage into a workroom. It's called the Garage Power Station. It's from our friends at Chamberlain. And it's very cool because it mounts on your ceiling. It's got a 25-foot auto-retractable utility cord. And that cord gives you on-demand power an LED light, and 100 PSI of compressed air. So think about all the things that you can do with that. Fill up the bike tires, etc. It's worth $129 and it's available exclusively at The Home Depot. Check it out at chamberlain.com and give us a call right now at 888 Pit for the answer to your home improvement question and your chance to win.
0: Chen, Michigan, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today?
2: I attended an energy show where they were showing an energy shield or a ramp made out of aluminum. What it was designed to do was to uh, basically block the radiant heat from penetrating your house in the summer. Thus, you use less energy, I guess, to stay cooler. And then in the wintertime, what it does, it prevents your heat from escaping very much like the astronauts use uh, from the extreme temperature in space. Um, Since I'm building a new house, Could you put this wrap between your ceiling drywall and the bottom of your trusses, or is there a better way of keeping the radiant heat from penetrating your house in the summer?
1: What you're talking about here is a product called Reflective Barrier, and I have to say that I'm not convinced that it works really well and would not necessarily recommend it. And, and usually it's put in a, a home that's already constructed. It's a little bit easier to put in a home that obviously is being built. But there are far better alternatives if you really want to make your home energy efficient. I would tell you to look into spray foam insulation, specifically isonine, uh, because when you use a spray foam insulation in new construction, it does two things. Not only does it insulate, but it seals every possible little gap that it's going to be throughout that building. And when the walls are open like that, you can have it sprayed and it's going to do that. It's also quieter in terms of preventing sound transmission. It just has so many wonderful benefits. I would tell you to focus on something like that to give yourself a real benefit and stay away from the Radiant Barrier products. Oh,
2: okay. Thank you very much.
1: You're welcome, Chet. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: Well, it might be the day that you've dreamt about or maybe even dreaded, but after the kids go off to college or out into the world, you're left with some empty space in your home. So what should you do with it? Even if you don't have kids leaving the house, you might have some dead space in your house that could really use a makeover.
1: Well, a spare bedroom can make a great home office, a craft room, or even a home gym. Now, all of these uses are pretty easy to convert from a bedroom, and you can still have room for a bed or a pull-out sofa in that same space to accommodate guests. Whether you like it or not, more and more kids, though, are returning home. So if that happens, not a problem. Converting those rooms back to bedrooms is also not a difficult project.
0: Now, if you know those kids are gone for good, congratulations. (laughs) Go ahead and splurge, guys. You know, you could think about creating a home spa. Now, bathroom upgrades, they always deliver a great return on investment. And when you're designing the space, you know, think about a high-end hotel. You can think about some really beautiful tile, paint, those bathroom walls a really nice soothing color, maybe adding in a beautiful light fixture, some fluffy towels, some amazing linens in your bath space, and some creative furnishings, maybe a double sink, something just really relaxing and beautiful hampering. Think about that when you're creating that permanent upgrade.
1: Or you could consider a project that has literally no return on investment and we don't care. Why not a man cave? We don't build man caves because we think they'll add value to our homes. We build them because we want them. And that's something that you could do as well. Just add a big screen TV, a wet bar, a card table, you know, pool table. Now you've got a room just for the boys and it's no longer all about the kids. You can use that extra space the way you've always wanted 888-666-3974. If you've got a home improvement question or maybe you want some additional advice on how to upgrade some of those empty rooms in your house, give us a call right now. Let's get to it.
0: Shirley in Oregon's on the line with a solar panel question. How can we help you? Hi. Yes. I had um,
2: heard that with solar panels or solar shakes on the roof, that if you had a fire, the fire department would not be able to start fighting that fire until the sun went down because you're actually creating electricity. (laughs) And I just was considering putting solar, and I just wanted to make sure if that is correct, that they didn't want to get the water on anything that was actively creating electricity.
1: So let's just think about this, Shirley. Your house is on fire. The fire department pulls up. They spot the solar panels and say, ah, you know what? We'll be back. Say what? 6.37 o'clock. Sun should be down by then. Then we'll take care of it.
2: That's what I thought was ridiculous. That's yeah. why I'm thinking, why is anybody doing solar if that's the case?
1: Is no, that- I mean, look, there's electricity all throughout your house. Why would electricity on the roof have be any different? If electricity is a concern, the fire department's going to go over and turn the power off. They'll pull the meter.
2: Well, they said that solar creates its own electricity. So even if the meter was turned off or pulled, that it still would be creating. Is that not correct with the solar?
1: Let's think about what you're saying. You can fight a, a, a fire in a power plant if you had to. Okay. So this is not an issue. Uh, somebody's pulling your leg, Shirley,
0: okay?
2: I think it was just somebody that was kind of ignorant, and I said I, I couldn't hardly believe it, but
0: I was going to ask before I <laughs> Thank you. Vinny in New Jersey is on the line with a flooring question. What can we do for you today?
2: I want to install laminate flooring in my bedroom. Right now I have builder's carpet. And rather than removing the carpet, can I put the laminate flooring right over the carpet?
0: Well, while it seems like it would be a good idea, it's definitely not. Um, <laughs> yeah, The issue is, because a laminate flooring is a floating floor, it locks together and sort of floats in the you know, perimeter of the space of your room. You know, It needs a solid foundation to sort of keep those joints together and to keep it standing up to the wear and tear of just, you know, furniture placement and usage of the space. So you really do want to take up that carpeting. You want to take up whatever underlayment they've used, and then you want to use the underlayment that the manufacturer of your laminate flooring specifies. So... You know, some of the laminates come with an underlayment attached already to the back. Some recommend, you know, a foam that sort of rolls out. It really varies, but it's super effective and you do need it.
1: You know, a lot of the seams with the flooring are locked together. And if the underlayment of carpet in this case is soft as I'm sure it is, and you press down on that seam, it could pop open or it could break. It's just not designed to be supported by anything other than the underlayment sold by the manufacturer and spec'd out to go with that particular product.
2: So the, the uh, underlayment sold by the manufacturer would be more firm?
1: Yeah, it's usually like a like a very thin foam, like maybe an eighth to a quarter of an inch um, stiff foam that comes in, rolls, and rolls out. Or like Leslie said, it could be attached uh, to the back of the laminate piece. but and, and it would go right on the subfloor or on the slab.
2: Okay. Thank you very much.
1: Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit.
0: Erica in Illinois is dealing with a paint situation. Tell us what's going on. You've got peeling and bubbling.
2: Yes, um, I had my paint, uh, my ceiling, ceiling painted by someone um, probably about three years ago, and just recently the ceiling has started peeling and the walls have started. Oh, like crackling almost. Like it looks like uh, underneath there's a crackle to it that if I pressed it hard, it would flake off.
1: Okay. So I suspect that when it was painted last time, the walls may not have been prepped properly. They clearly were not primed. I think now's an opportunity, Erica, where you're going to have to get rid of all of that old loose paint. Sand the ceiling down, sand the walls down, and, and apply a primer. The primer is going to be key here because whatever that unknown surface is uh, underneath uh, that layer, we want to make sure we have something that can attach to it. And primer, you should think of as sort of the glue that makes the paint stick. So prep what you have, prime it thoroughly, then put a second top coat on. And that last coat, make sure you use a really good quality paint and make sure it's flat for the ceiling. And that will hide any imperfections that might be left behind. Does that make sense?
2: Yes. Now, as far as my wall, do I need to try to scrape it off so I don't have any of this crackle looking on my wall? Yeah,
1: I definitely would. I would definitely try to get rid of as much of that loose paint as possible. And the same thing goes. Prime them and then do a top coat after that.
2: Okay.
0: All right. Sounds like a job, but I'll take it on.
1: (laughs) And I know you can do it, Erica. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: Sean, you've got the money, but how can we help you today?
1: I was noticing uh, last fall I was up cleaning my gutters out, and
2: I'm getting mold or a mildew type of uh, growth on my asphalt shingles. And I'm wondering if uh, that's a problem I need to deal with or just let it go and uh, deal with it, I guess.
1: Well, it's mostly a cosmetic issue, so it's not going to affect the longevity of the roof. If it got really thick, sometimes we see moss that gets up there and can actually lift and crack shingles. Now, if you want to try to get rid of it because it doesn't look that nice, there's a couple of things that you can do. First of all, uh, the green solution is to get more sunlight on it because the more sunlight, uh, the less chance that you're going to have any type of algae growth uh, on that roof surface. The second thing is that you could use a product called Wet and Forget. Uh, if you go to wetandforget.com, it's a product that you mix up. It's in a concentrated form. You mix it up. You you apply it with like a, a garden-type sprayer. Let it sit there for uh, for a bit of time. And then eventually, the uh, Wet and Forget product will completely destroy the mold, the mildew, the algae, the moss, and clean that roof right up. And then thirdly, a little trick of the trade is you could put a copper strip across the top of that roof from end to end. And with a metal strip made of copper, you could slip it under like one row of shingles as well. Every time it rains, it will release a little bit of that copper, and that is also a mild aside and will keep the roof clean. Wow. Okay. All right. I think we'll uh, we'll try to spray on it first, then maybe get a piece of copper and run it across the roof. There you go. Good luck with that project, Sean. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Still to come this hour, are you stumped by the age of your house? Now, this really is a mystery worth solving because it can actually help you with the regular maintenance you need to perform. We're going to tell you how to do the detective work next. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home. The Money Fit is brought to you by Liquid Nails. For tough jobs, demand the extraordinary strength of Liquid Nails brand heavy-duty construction adhesive. It bonds a wide range of materials, indoors and out, for a job done once done right. Learn more about Liquid Nails brand heavy-duty construction adhesive at liquidnails.com
1: making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: Now that Labor Day has come and gone, fall is right around the corner. So make sure your home is ready for the cooler weather. Head on over to moneypit.com and search fall fix-ups for tips on how to do just that.
0: Judy in Florida is on the line with a countertop situation. What happened? You scraped it? You cut it? What'd you do? Uh, The previous owners had painted it and I took a
2: razor blade and went up under it, and I was able to get all of that paint off. But evidently, they sanded the top, and I would like to bring some light back into the top.
0: So wait, is it wood? Is it butcher block? Is it laminate? It's, it's laminate, yes. And it's in good shape. It's just that it's dull. It's got the marble look. I mean, you've got a couple of options. You could paint it again. There are several different companies that make a laminate painting kit. Rust-Oleum has... A couple of different products, Modern Masters and, um, oh, Tom, there was that one we saw in Vegas. The, the It's named after the guy's daughter. It's got two marbling kits in it.
2: Yeah, I have seen that, and I prefer not to do that. I read an article somewhere, and I cannot find the article that said that you could use car wax, paste wax, sure. and buff it. Would that look? I mean, the countertop top looks fine. It just needs a gloss. You know, I don't want a real high gloss, just... I just want to look better.
1: Well, there's no reason you couldn't use the car wax. It's not uh-huh. all that except that I wouldn't want my food to be in contact with it, but other than that, I think it'd probably okay.
2: That's a good idea. Surely. Well, I thank you for your time.
0: You're your very suggestions welcome. I appreciate it.
1: Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money pit.
0: Well, as long as there have been homes, there have been home repairs, but if you know the age of your house, however, problems common to homes built in that era can sometimes be avoided.
1: Or at least you'll know what to expect. (laughs) Kevin O'Connor is a guy who has seen more than his fair share of the secrets old homes can share. He is the host of TV's This Old House and is here with some tips on how to figure out the age
3: of your own home. Welcome, Kevin. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: You know, Kevin, after spending 20 years as a professional home inspector, I got pretty Good at knowing what might be wrong with the house before I even sort of walked in the door. And that wasn't because I had, (laughs) you know, mystic abilities, but more because I had seen the same defects in houses of the same age, time and time again. I'm sure that you have seen much of the same. So what are your favorite ways to kind of date a house
3: before you tear into all of those fantastic renovations? Well, my favorite way is to show up with Tom (laughs) (laughs) Silva. (laughs) That's your secret weapon, right? That's my secret weapon, because that guy, like you, I mean, you know, if you do it for 20, 30 years, he's seen it all, and he's just got an eye for these things. Um, If you don't have that magic eye, I would say one of the first things you want to do in compiling the history of the house is just identify the era in which the structure was built. And you can do that oftentimes with the help of an architectural book or two. Um, Most homeowners are probably going to be able to narrow their house down to a core style um, that's common to their area. And that'll give you a pretty broad range of the the time frame when it was built. So you can get it narrowed down to the era and also
1: the area of the homes that you're in. A lot of times you find that, you know, we, we think of it as a modern development
3: today of a bunch of two-story colonials. You know, back then it was a bunch of Victorians. It's amazing. I mean, we did right? a project in Brooklyn and these guys said, well, all these brownstones that we love, that we think are historic houses, these were done by developers. You know, this was just track housing for the workers in Manhattan. They'd buy a block, build eight of them at a time, and then repeat the process. So yes, you're right. You can actually see clumps of these houses being built from one period to the next, and it can really narrow it down.
1: Now, what about public records? I mean, there are a fair amount of records that are out there if you know where to look.
3: Well, there's a lot out there, and it can actually tell you a lot about your house. So think about visiting your local building department, maybe your tax assessor, or the Register of Deeds office. And there, you're going to find things like deeds or maps plot plans, or even building permits. And they can tell you a lot about your house. Each one of those things is a piece of paper, and it's probably got some history on your home. You know, I've heard about um, insurance companies, that they actually have maps that go back to, say, the mid-1800s, that they've kept to catalog buildings in your area. If you can get your hands on those, you're probably going to find a wealth of information just there.
1: Yeah, and that building permit tip is a really good one, because it's amazing when you get your hands on that file. And it's all public record. So you can ask for anyone's building permits that you'd like. It could be your neighbor's, whatever. And you can see the history of that house through those permits and see what additions were made and get the dates and all of the work that was done. There's just a lot of information that is literally at your fingertips if you just go dig up the files.
3: Yeah, it's one big, long chronology of your house oftentimes. Now, let's talk about some of the ways that you can date your house based on what's
1: in the house. Certain improvements, certain wiring techniques, plumbing techniques are, are tied into certain dates, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, this is great. And this is why I love having a guy like Tom Silva by my side, because when we dig into these houses, we find these things, right? Knob and tube wiring. We talk about these things all of the time and what you have to do to replace them or fix them. You've got steel plumbing pipes. But the reality is, is that these things were materials used in very specific periods. So knob and tube, or steel plumbing pipes, they're generally dated to the 1900s to the 1940s. Those small fuse-type electrical systems or- The ones that people always put uh, coins behind. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Or plaster and lath, right? you ever dig into one of those things? Or have you ever seen vermiculite uh, insulation? Well, those things, well, they were common in 1940 to 1960. So they'll tell you a little about your house. And hey, remember avocado appliances? Ah, who can forget? Right? (laughs) No, that's 1960s or 1970s. And he's the dark era of design. They'll tell you something, too. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Now, there are actually places in your house where dates are physically recorded. I think this is always really fun. You can look inside of toilets mm-hmm. and see when the toilet was manufactured. And you can look under sinks. And there's sometimes the dates are actually cast right
3: into it. Stamped there by the manufacturer. It's like an archaeological dig. You know, <laughs> going back to Pompeii and saying, hey, look at this toilet. It was actually made in 1915. That information is there if you know where to look. And
1: you know what? It was done right before it was installed in the house. Because they didn't stockpile those plumbing fixtures back then. No, and probably not. They made not. them and installed them. So if you've got a date that it came off the assembly line... You can bet your home was built pretty close to that time. Kevin O'Connor, the host of TV's This Old House. That's a really fun topic. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit and sharing a little house history with us. (laughs) My pleasure. And This Old House and Ask This Old House are brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Up next, well, it's back to school time, and that can add up to a storage problem situation as your kids bring home the schoolwork. That's why we're going to have some storage tips that will make for neater study centers after this.
0: You live in a money pit.
1: This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call at 888 Money Pit. One super lucky caller that we talked to on the phone this hour is going to be able to turn their garage into a workshop thanks to the garage power station from Chamberlain. You know, I think this is a really great prize for this time of year. It's starting to get cooler. You've got projects to work on outdoors. Maybe you need some extra space in the garage. And this is perfect because it's a three-in-one ceiling mounted device. So it clears up a lot of counter space that's going to supply you with air and LED light and power to your garage work area all through one 25-foot retractable cord. You can instantly pump up anything with the 100 PSI multipurpose inflator. I mean, I constantly feel like every time we open the garage to shoot a basketball or do something, all of the balls are deflated. I don't know what happens in the garage overnight, but something is happening, apparently. So this could really be a valuable you know, thing at our household. You're also going to get up to 100,000 hours of LED light, and it's going to bring power to all of your tools in every part of your garage.
1: Very cool tool. It's worth $129 and is available exclusively at The Home Depot. So check it out at chamberlain.com and give us a call right now at 888-MONEYPIT for the answer to your home improvement question and your chance to win.
0: Stephen in Texas, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today?
2: I have two bathrooms side by side. They're divided by one wall. I'm thinking of taking the wall out and combining the two bathrooms.
1: You should approach this project very carefully, Stephen, and here's why. Because the number of bathrooms in a house is has a direct relationship with the value of a house. There's a difference between, you know, a house with two bathrooms and a house with one bathroom and a house with, you know, one full bath and one half bath. So if you're going to eliminate an entire full bathroom from the house, that will reduce your home value. Now, that might be okay if you're not concerned about that or you just want a bigger you know, bigger bathroom and you're just kind of willing to, to, to deal with that. But unfortunately, the way homes are valued, and you can check with a local realtor and ask this very same question, I think you're going to get a similar answer. Will your home be worth less if you combine two bathrooms into a single bathroom? And I think the answer is going to be yes.
0: Yeah, but Stephen, I'm all for quality of life. If you want that big bathroom, you should have a big bathroom.
2: It's something I've been dream- you know, kind of dreaming, thinking about for for quite some time, and uh, well, then
1: maybe maybe you should do it. We just don't want you to do it um, without having all the facts.
2: Would I have to bust the slab out in order to relocate drainage pipes?
1: Uh, yes, if you're not going to put the fixtures back in the same place, uh, you will have to break the slab out to get the to get the pipes where you want them. You're going to probably end up extending the you know extending the drain line to like where the old location used to be. So yes, there is going to be some demolition involved in that project as well.
2: And how? What is that going to do to the to the structural integrity of the
1: slab? Oh, it won't. Well, it's obviously going to destroy the slab in that area. But the slab is not load bearing in the in the areas where you're going to be breaking it apart. It's not. It won't have an effect on the foundation because you won't be impacting the exterior walls. You're going to be breaking apart the slab in the thinner sections where it's you know four or five inches thick.
0: Okay. All right. Appreciate it. Well, if you've got school-aged kids, you know how much homework they have these days. And if they have homework, I've heard that means you have homework. So <laughs> you can help your little scholars with all of that work that you both have to do by setting up a designated and organized study space. Think about it, guys. It doesn't have to be fancy. It could be a bedroom corner or a dining room table, whatever is going to work for you guys. But having a specific space can help your kids really build a study routine It should be free of clutter and any distractions. So hide the iPads and all the Nintendo things. It's a good idea to have some drawers, you know, or a storage bin or even a filing cabinet just to keep everybody organized and make sure you label your containers with your child's name. And this will really give your kids a sense of ownership. So maybe they'll want to keep it tidy.
1: You know, there's also the challenge that kind of grows during the year. And I do mean grow. And that's what to do with all of the artwork, the tests, the projects, the science projects, stuff like that you know, that the kids bring home.
0: And they remember every piece of everything. So you can't get rid of it.
1: Absolutely. So one way to deal with that is to simply take pictures of all the prized work or to scan the schoolwork that you want to save, and then you can save it electronically. You're still kind of going to have it. You can join together, look at the photos, but you don't have to save every stick of whatever they bring home. You know, my kids used to go to something called Camp Invention in the summer, and they would take apart like, you know, old radios and vacuum cleaners, and they'd make these, you know, new creations out of it, which was, you know, great at the time, but then they would bring these buckets of stuff home, you know, and it was a lot of junk kind of, loosely strung together and it was rather impossible, you know, to store this stuff. So I wish that I had thought of this idea then. And I wouldn't feel quite as guilty as I do now for having thrown it all away.
0: All right. Now we've got David in New Mexico who has bubbles in the toilet. What? What's going on?
2: The only time when you flush it, you get a bubble in it that comes up
1: Mm -hmm. Starving for air.
2: That's what it's doing, okay.
1: For whatever reason, you don't have enough ventilations. You don't have enough makeup air getting into that toilet. Because if you think about it, when you drop all that water in the the drain pipe and it pushes down, it's got to be replaced by air somewhere. You've got to let air in sort of to the top of that so it doesn't gurgle and bubble. And you don't have enough ventilation. If the toilet's working well and it's flushing okay and you're not getting a lot of backups and that kind of thing you know, it's just kind of an annoyance, but I wouldn't worry about it. If you start having problems with it not flushing correctly, then you might need to get a plumber in to add an additional vent to that waistline so that it does flow as it should. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, fall means leaves, and that, of course, means gutter cleaning. We're going to tell you how to take care of your gutters so they take care of keeping all that water away from your home after this. pit is brought to you by the new chamberlain garage power station an air inflator utility cord and led task light all together in a new three-in-one tool exclusively at the home depot
1: Making good homes better? Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, the fall season is just about officially on us. And we've noticed in the community section that you guys are super busy talking about what's going on this time of year. And we've noticed that gutters is a hot topic. And I've got a post here from Sarah in Ohio who writes, I have never cleaned out my gutters in the 12 years that I've lived in my home. Well,
1: perhaps just a bit overdue.
0: Right. You know, it's a chore you should tackle, you know, every decade or so. But she writes, there aren't a whole lot of trees around, but there are some. My gutters and roof are unusually high and very difficult to reach. We have what's called a salt box constructed home, tall and narrow. The last big rainstorm, I noticed sheets of water falling from the gutter on one side of my home. What could be causing this and what is the best way to clear it, considering the difficulty of reaching my gutters? Hire a pro.
1: Hmm. Let's see. 12 years, haven't cleaned the gutter. What could possibly be causing the obstruction? I have no idea. We cannot help you, Sarah. Next question.
0: (laughs) Sorry. Cannot be a clogged gutter. I can't even imagine.
1: Hire a pro, Sarah. That's what they're there for. The gutter cleaning companies that are out there, I've found they're very, very affordable, and they're very, very quick. I've used them from time to time on homes that I've owned, and I just couldn't get to the gutter cleaning. So perfect. Just hire them once. You'll be good for another 12 years. But seriously, when you're thinking about the gutter cleaning... Um, One of the things that happens this time of year is there's a lot of companies that are out there advertising for gutter guards. And I just want to warn you to be careful when you're dealing with these companies because I had an experience recently and it's not an unusual experience. I've actually had it before because I usually ask these questions as I'm learning about products. But I was at a, a big community event And there was a company there called Leaf Filter. And, you know, they claim they're approved by uh, all these consumer magazines and this and that. So I asked them a simple question. Hey, what does it cost? You know, what about what per square foot or whatever, or, you know, about what perlineal foot does it cost? And they're like, we don't know. We have got to come to your house. I'm like, what do you mean you got to come to my house? Well, you know, there's all these different variations and possibilities and configurations. I'm like, look, what if I had like a you know 50 foot long ranch with four downspouts, two on the front, two on the back, and the roofs eight feet off the ground? What will it cost? Absolutely no idea. Insisted upon coming to the house. Why do companies do that? Because they want to get. To your house where they control the situation. They usually want both decision makers there. As you look into companies that are like this, you'll find complaints that that speak to these issues. I think of a company cannot give you a rough approximation. You know, they could say, hey, we you know, it's about this, but we got to look at your house. That's fine. I, I would accept that because people aren't always accurate with their descriptions. But they shouldn't have to come to your house to give you a rough idea of what things cost. So finally, the salesman I was talking to with utter frustration um, because he just couldn't explain himself. He said, well, if I tell you, am I going to be able to close you now? No, actually, you won't. And in fact, you never will. So with that kind of attitude, just forget it. But it's very frustrating. So be careful when you're dealing with these companies. Those products do work. They work well. Um, you know, not all of them work well. You can do your research on them. But if the sales t- tactic is so aggressive like that, just stay away and go to somebody else.
0: You know, and Sarah, I'm just going to speak quickly to the fact of hiring a pro. You know, as Tom said, it really is super helpful. I use a local company, which I like, and um, they come four times a year, which I think is enough. And, you know, they do a super job of really clearing out those gutters and all of the downspouts and doing any repairs that are necessary, all for an annual contract, which is not very expensive and totally doable in your budget. So definitely look into these options.
1: This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at Money Pit com. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. The fall is upon us. We know that you're getting ready to tackle some of those fall fix-up projects. So as you do, remember, you can count on us to help you 24-7. Just head on over to the Money Pit website, join the community section there, post your questions online, or call us any time of the day or night at 888-MONEYPIT. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.
2: And the money pit.